This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Atlanta Enquirer podcast, the last one we will do from the State Farm Center for the 2019-20 season, and it ends with 21 wins, 13 in the Big Ten, and usually Derek and I are booking our flight for Tuesday, whether it's to D.C. <laughs> or whether it's uh, getting to Indy and Chicago a day early, usually Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, we're usually covering Wednesday games. This year, Derek, because Illinois beat Iowa tonight, 78-76, and we'll dive into the game. But we're not going to the Big Ten tournament since Friday. We might actually miss some beat writers, just like we've missed beat writers who arrive on Friday in years past. Like, I haven't seen Graham Couch, yeah. Michigan State writer, in years at the Big Ten tournament. So we actually get to see some of those guys who cover Michigan State, Maryland, and the such. That's where Illinois is. They're back. They're back in the, the top four of the Big Ten. How about that? Wednesday and Thursday, what are we going to do? We're going to start a Netflix series? <laughs> you got all this extra time that we're not used to. Spring football breakdowns, okay, I guess. Or you can just write more about this Illinois basketball team. And what, what a comeback season. Uh, it's the last uh, last you know, couple years have been painful to watch, but this is the last game we see in this arena. And we're just kind of going over it. The biggest memories of the season weren't made here uh, because most of the big moments were on the road, right? Wisconsin, you were there. Purdue, uh, Michigan, uh, Penn State, obviously. Northwestern was a big one because Alan Griffin. Those were some of the biggest memories were made. But this game was intense. It had so many swings in it. And I would assume, as he answered my question, he said, yeah, we don't like each other. Uh, we want to kill them. They want to kill us. It's clear, Derek. This is a budding rivalry, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Because this is we were up there at Iowa City. We had the post-game podcast. I was just I loved that. that. That was so much fun that you could see those teams don't like each other. They respect each other. But they get after it and, it, and it pours out onto the court. And you can tell, I think it's because they think, Derek, they're both similar spots in the Big Ten. They're both tough teams. They both have coaches who are hard red butts, mm-hmm. I, would, yeah. I would say. Um, I love that. I love that these two teams are going at each other, and we're probably going to see it again on Friday. So much dang fun from wire to wire. The, the buildup for this one, we circled it as soon as Super Bowl Sunday was over when you had that in Iowa City, and that was a high-level competitive game that got chippy late, and Chin Coleman didn't even go through the pregame handshakes. And other, him love and, it. Him and Fran had a little hug at some point uh, afterwards uh, in the postgame, but yeah, just everything. Four techs on one play. I don't know the last time I saw that, but just the the intensity in this building, the crush was going at Fran, and uh, it, it's it's great. I think that a lot of fans look at Indiana still as the premier rival, but right now there's it's personal between the players. It's personal between the coaches, which adds another extra layer to it, and Iowa also, I know a lot of fans will say they're easily hateable. Luca, yeah. Yeah, he's – Rubs it in your face a little bit, but they're good. I mean, they're good. Right, and that's the thing that underlies it. I don't – Illini fans, it might be easy to not like Luca because he's got eyebrows, <laughs> some some bushy eyebrows. Um, and Fran, too. Yeah, and Fran's really easy to dislike. I get that. But 
boy, you respect the hell out of Luka yes. Garza. 28 points, 8 rebounds tonight. He willed them back into that game. And Connor McCaffrey, Fran's son, uh, hits two big threes. But that's as dominant of a Big Ten player as I've seen in a long time. And, you know, the rest of the Iowa players who are normally good, Wieskamp has disappeared at the end of this season. Um, you know, C.J. Frederick, I know he was sick for a while there, but he, he didn't want to be a part of this game. You could tell that intensity was getting too much for him. And kudos to Illinois guards who kind of got into his head a little bit, the freshman. But uh, Toussaint stepped up. McCaffrey hit some big shots. But it was mostly Luca Garza. It, it, you just can't stop that guy. I mean, what's he averaging over the last – 16 games, he hasn't scored under 20. I think he's averaging about 27 points a game during that run. I I was asking Brad Sturdy, who we've covered this team for a long time together, and I asked him, who's the last guy who's a – is dominant on the low block and we're saying you know he brought up Nick War but I was bringing up Jared Solinger but that that's possibly the national player of the year and it's a no doubt Big Ten player of the year. He's unreal. I thought Kofi did a pretty decent job on him and Luca went for 28 and eight rebounds. That just says what he is as a weapon. He's so physical. You can't guard him with one guy and any time that Illinois didn't bring that extra help. He's got so many moves too and he's he's working you from the very very moment that Iowa has the possession. He's trying to beat you down the floor in early post-up position, and that was a bloodbath between Garza and Kofi. And again, I think that was pretty impressive that Kofi was able to play 26 minutes. I know he ended up getting into foul trouble late, but uh, to be able to battle him, but yeah, going back and looking at the improvement he's made, I know Kaminsky's one to look at as far as the jump. Uh, That was a large jump that he made, but uh, just the presence inside, it's got to go back a ways. That that's probably the best comp for most unlikely breakthrough. I, I don't think anybody saw that coming from Luca Garza. I think we thought he'd be a good Big Ten center, but uh, not National Player of the Year kind of good. Uh, but I was uh, Illinois got a really good player as well, and, and I would assume who comes up big. He was flirting with a triple double, which hasn't happened at Illinois since Serge McLean had like. 11 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists back in 2001. I think it was against Indiana. I have to double-check that. I'm probably wrong. But 17 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds. Came up with some huge buckets late, as he does. Two big jumpers late. Did leave the game open with missing the front end when he had a couple free throws. But just another clutch performance from the closer. And Derek, probably his last game at State Farm Center. It feels like it. It definitely does. You know, We could get into the possibilities and and the decision if he did want to come back Illinois would be the Big Ten title favorite and a national championship contender but he's shown all he needs to show right now he's I think the 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 floor right now is early second round is it not and if he goes on a run in the Big Ten tournament or NCAA tournament he could work his way into the first round I just I love what he's doing off the pick and roll I think that's one thing that is easily translatable to the next level he made a ton of great dimes today and maybe should have been rewarded for more assists uh Georgie missed one underneath the basket and, and kicked some out to shooters but and then late game it's I don't want to say predictable, but uh, getting to that spot in the pull-up, and I said it in the press conference, Brett, he shot 25% off the dribble last year, and now it's like the Rivera cutter. It's just game over when he goes to it. It's it's insane. And uh, Lauren Tate whispered to me after the game, I think he was doing some numbers, and he said 30 points in the last two minutes of – some of these wins. I don't know exactly what the stat was, but I did that after his four games where he went crazy. And it's it's absolutely nuts. And, and the other thing is, we don't talk about it enough, he's become a great defender. Um, Joe Wieskamp, he was guarding him most of the game. Wieskamp was two for nine, one for three, only got three threes off for Joe Wieskamp, who I know has been in a slump, but Iowa kept him in a slump. Uh, and, and that's what he needs to do because he's not a great shooter, 
right? So what do you need to be able to do? You got to be able to dribble. You got to make great passes. You got to be able to finish at the rim, push it in transition and defend. And he can do all those things. And the thing about Iowa is he was a terrible shooter in high school. He's become a solid shooter in college. Derek, I have no doubt with Iowa. And this is why an NBA team should and will draft him, whether it's early second or late first, whatever it is, because he's going to get better. Right, you know he's going to get better and change his game. Like he is far and away better than he was last year, um, and that's just one year of growth. It's it's amazing what he's turned himself into and how he's handled the the limelight. Um, he's lived up to every expectation. I know we're repetitive here, but he's the kind of guy that can break the mold of who the who's banners they raise here. Yeah. Right, like yeah. you were kind of looking up the requirements of that beforehand. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> Pioneering efforts. It's not under the... Give, give, me, give me the list of things that you have to do to get a banner. The 30 jerseys. Can national give... Player of the Year, Enshrined National Basketball Hall of Fame, Olympian, Big Ten Player of the Year, first or second team All-American, Illinois All-Century team member, individual whose pioneering efforts made a significant impact on Illinois and international basketball. They're going to have to make a change, or they're just, that the last category is going to have to be all-encompassing. And, yeah. Because... All century team, he would be that if you added the last twenty years, right? So he right. would he would have been in that, you know, Brandon Paul or somebody like that could have been in that as well. Uh, but yeah, makes significant impact on Illinois basketball. <laughs> Check, he's 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 going up there, right? Yeah, pioneering as far as being the five star to to be able to come down here. And I know they did that back in the eighties, but it had been a long time. Even you know D Brown, but uh, it had been a long time since someone had said yes. Illinois was willing to take them out of the the bottom of the Big Ten and be a a trailblazer. And I think that's what Iowa's done. And if he continues to further it into the tournament, like if this team goes on a run to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, I think if they have an early exit, it would maybe be hard harder to argue. But no one's going to forget what he did in the late game moments and, and in a building like this today. And, again, it, the moments only get bigger going forward. But he's he has, he's going to have a legacy when he leaves here. I want to give a shout-out to a couple other guys. I thought the role players came up big because Trent Frazier did have a little burst there when Illinois went on a run, but he struggled. Uh, Andres Fleece had a nice game again, 14 points, but Kipper Nichols in his final game here, 10 points, three field goals, but even bigger were his three assists, uh, and he, he battled today. You saw um, DeMonte Williams, nine points. What's gotten into him? I think he's got 23 over the last three games. You're starting to see some offense from him to go along with the defense. Tyler Underwood with a couple assists and should have had, I think, one more there. So it was, and, and Georgie, I thought, gave you good energy, positive energy, six points, four rebounds. Uh, your role player stepped up, and Obviously, you're going to need more from Alan Griffin and, and, and Trent Frazier because those guys were not good tonight. Ten points on 16 shots, two for 11 combined from three. But if you're getting that kind of contribution, plus you're getting Io, Foley's, and Kofi, your big three, playing their normal games, that becomes even better for this program moving forward. I think it was as much of a team win as, as they've had throughout this year and loved what Kipper brought. Best game of the season, as Brad said. It's impossible to argue with that. I thought he was great on the glass and brought down some big offensive rebounds. Uh, just had a, a focus and, a, and an effort level and a mindset that we don't always see with Kipper. Can we share your uh, interaction with Brad after the game? What did you ask him and what was Brad's answer? I said, well, what was Kipper's mindset today and what did you see with his effort and what can he mean for this team going forward in the postseason? He said, I hope you asked him. <laughs> But he said, if he can find that, he can if, make if us. He told a, you, tell me. Is basically exactly right. Can make us a next level team if he yeah. if he brings that. But I thought Georgie was really good. Uh, it, it, 
just energy, energy positive and being able to finish and had a smile on his face every time he's coming in. I just think that was that was positive. Underwood, Tyler Under made some nice passes. Uh, Felice in the second half was brilliant. And uh, but you, you said it right with, with Frazier still needing to knock down more shots and Griffin. But overall, I just think the the full effort of the team, the toughness, the the ability to get it done in the second half was was at a pretty high level. All right, let's talk about this team moving forward because now we enter postseason play and it's going to last longer than a big 10 tournament let's talk about that next hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. All right, Illinois basketball finishes fourth in the Big Ten, Derek, despite uh, this, according to Ken Palm, in the conference only, shooting 29.3% from three. That is the worst in the Big Ten. Uh, and most of the other you know, good teams are higher in that ranking. How have they been able to do that? Yeah, I looked it up after the Ohio State game, and they were shooting 30.4% from three against D1 teams. The last time an at-large team did that was 2013. So there have been six or seven years since a team shot that poorly from three and made the tournament as an at-large. So uh, defensively, that, that's kind of where it starts. This team is night and day uh, being able to get stops. I know it didn't look like that the first opening stretch of this game, but uh, they're pretty good defensively. They're really good on the glass. Uh, they get second-chance opportunities, and they're able to throw it inside the coach where they didn't have that presence last year. So uh, I think that encompasses what they've been able to do to be successful, but it also shows that they still have another level, uh, a higher ceiling, if, if guys like Trent can make threes and Allen. And uh, that team could really be dangerous if they piece that with some of the other things that have been consistent for them. i, I got to look up the numbers on Trent, but this is the, the worst shooting slump I've seen from a, a good shooter. Um, and, and I have no answers for it. The, the shot with under, what, two minutes left where he's a quick trigger. Listen, that's confidence, and if he makes it, it's one of the biggest shots in the world. But it was like, that's actually dribble off the clock time. He had a couple possession lead, I believe, um, and that one felt a little rushed. But, man, Derek, he had so many open shots, and some of them weren't even close tonight. Um, I, I don't know what's going on, but Alan Griffin, I, I think we should bring up him too because since that Northwestern game, he has not made much of an impact over the last couple of games. So, I mean, that's the X factor right there. If this team can make seven, eight three-pointers a game and under, you know, 22 attempts or something like that, a 30-something percent clip, this team becomes really, really dangerous. But it's, I, I, we haven't seen it. So should we expect it at any point? Or do you think this team is capable of any kind of shooting streak? 
Yeah, they're capable for sure. Uh, and then that shows how valuable Devontae's threes have been. For him to be able to hit open threes in the corner when they're sagging off Io or, or cheating down inside on Kofi, if you can continue to hit teams with, oh, i got to get out there, that just opens the floor for everybody else. But you look at the tournament and teams go on runs for as good as Illinois has been at holding other teams down from three you just imagine there could be one hot night from somebody where you might have to match it uh, with some threes of your own and Trent Frazier last eight games eight for 49 from three that's below 17 percent that's that's pretty brutal for, for a very talented shot maker I don't know people have said you know you read the message boards and Twitter is his feet not set is he shot flatter than normal I, I honestly with my own eye have not noticed really anything I posed it to you during the game because it was the first time it felt like they weren't online it felt yeah. like it was like moving at a weird like but I think am I, am my eyes just playing a trick am I searching for something kudos to him he just keeps shooting and, and he doesn't seem bothered and Brad said afterwards that he's been in the gym he's been getting a bunch of shots up and you know he's been very positive I mean he did some positive things in this game but um I I know he knows it I know his team knows it because when he did make a couple shots tonight he made the three in the corner on a brilliant pass from Io his teammates were going crazy for him because so they know he's going through uh, something right now and I don't know if it's mental I don't know if it's physical but boy if he gets out of it Illinois just becomes a next level team yeah they do they do and, and you mentioned it there that he knows it and this team knows that they can be dangerous when, when he's able to make those shots and the three that he took late bad decision he could have run some clock off uh, there but yeah, I mean, you go back to who Trent is as a, as a prospect and what he's done throughout his career. I mean, he's he's a talented shot maker when he can get it going, and, and you know that he can. Well, Illinois finishes top four in the Big Ten. Um, pretty amazing turnaround. We all thought this could be a breakthrough season for Illinois. I, I picked them top six, I believe, in my preseason, and I thought they could finish here. Um, not a surprise that Michigan State and Maryland are above them. Maybe a surprise Wisconsin is this year. But uh, pretty amazing that Illinois is able to get above. You know, I don't know if we thought Iowa and Penn State would be as good as this, but to get in front of Ohio State, to get in front of Purdue, to get in front of Michigan, um, I, that, that's a huge season for Illinois. And I think we'll be talking about this more, fighting for double buys and fighting for Big Ten championships uh, at the end of the year because you bring in a shot maker like Adam Miller, you bring in Andre Corbello. I mean, you got a lot to replace with Iota Sumo and Andres Felice next year, but I think it's going to be recurring, Derek. But we're going into a Big Ten tournament with Felice, with the Sumo. What does it mean for this team to get a double bye? Like, how, we've been talking about it for a long time, but what does this mean for the program and for this week? I think it means a lot. You're still, you know, you're two wins away from playing in the the Big Ten tournament championship game. So, uh, as far as being fresh and and not having to reel off four or five, you know, in a row to to win it, uh, is pretty, you know, putting yourself in a really good situation. And also just the win on the resume. I know it was a quad two win, but winning at home against Iowa, the home record that they've had here this year, some of the quality teams that they've beaten, it just adds to it. Uh, Illinois still playing for seeding, not just in the Big Ten tournament, but now you look at them on a resume the top four team in the toughest league in the country that helps you get potentially six seed seven seed whatever it's going to be they can still further that but uh <laughs> for these teams to potentially meet again though on friday uh i will have to to win a game to do that or illinois maybe gets to sit back a little bit or they do but uh, i think this was a big win just to carry some momentum into that tournament and also just get a win at home starting to feel like seven seed is your floor because now that you don't play Minnesota or Northwestern and have a chance to lose to them and you don't have an Iowa loss, like, you know, the Iowa loss I think keeps you from falling to the 8-9. 
Um, and I think you can't have a bad loss now. You're going to play Iowa at a neutral site, which is a quad one game. Great opportunity to add to your resume, maybe get to a six line or whatever it is. But I'm starting to feel like seven is where you should feel good, and maybe you're in the hunt for a six. Um, but now you go into the Big Ten tournament with this matchup, which I don't love on paper, but it's defense versus offense. It's an intense rivalry, and can you get two or three? I think it's a really tough game. Um, but I, I just think it means you're playing for higher seating. I don't think you can fall based on what you have in front of you. And I, I think the biggest thing about a double bye, Derek, to get back to that, is perception. Mm-hmm. Because you said it, that they're two games away from when playing for a Big Ten championship, which you were on an island before the Selection Sunday show, if you get there. I don't think there's a better sell for your program, even if you're losing that game, yeah. than to be on an island talking about your program, talking about – are they playing for a five or a four seed? Something like you know what I mean. I think that's great, and just to be able to sell to your recruits that your top four, Mac at ETN was sitting in this up, game yeah. and seeing what Kofi's doing on, on on this team, what you know Andre Corbello has bought into guys on the East Coast that have come here and and made big impacts. I I think it's the perception of what Illinois can be, the fact that they could be favored in a first round game because they clinched a a higher seed than their first-round opponent today. I, I think they did. Um, I think that's the biggest part of having a double buy. Yeah, they have a ton to sell right now. Even just winning one, you're playing nationally broadcast CBS where you're in the semifinals on a Saturday, which would be big. But uh, you, you look back last weekend and what – you know, the environment in here for Indiana and Io hitting a late shot again. And you got Brandon Weston sitting in here and AJ Casey and a lot of, you know, Luke Goody was in town from, from the in-state guy from Indiana and just seeing where Illinois is at in the big 10, seeing what I was doing from Chicago. And you come back this weekend, Mac Etienne's in here and just that, battle that he got to see between Kofi and Luca Garza and the environment in here again and uh, for them to pull out that win look they, this program has gotten a lot of high level talent got Curbelo and Adam Miller before they even got out of the Big Ten basement and Io and Kofi and all that on the list so uh, to further that and I, I agree with you if, if you're able to play in that championship slot on, on right on selection Sunday uh, that just further elevates you to where and it's it's crazy to think about what they continue to do. You're 30 in the Kempom. It's the highest since 2011. It's the highest Big Ten finish you've had since 2011. That was when it was a real disappointment just to miss the NCAA tournament, right? And you had the the year prior to that and um, three years prior to that as well. But you're starting to get back there. What What's the importance of the next two weeks, Derek, as we talk about? You know, this is the regular season. This is the grind. They proved themselves as one of the better teams. And really – you know, a couple close games away from winning a Big Ten championship as one of the best teams in the deepest conference in college basketball. What does the next two weeks mean for the building of this program as we go macro here? Mm-hmm. They tell you didn't come this far just to come this far. It's time to make some noise and uh, to have Io for what we think is one last stretch and Andres Felice and uh, you know, you know, I was going to play at an incredibly high level. He's been doing that ever since he came back from the Michigan State game. So I think it's important that he gets the support around him. But again, it's just continuing to make a statement that Illinois is back for sure. Leave no doubt. I think a lot of people are already thinking that. Uh, but the the staff is locked up here for years to come, and now. Uh, to further recruiting efforts going into the spring where they're going to be out in the EYBL circuit and uh, having in-home visits and maybe some official visits uh, to be able to further that recruiting effort. But just, look, 
what this season, I, I, we're not going to get too far ahead of ourselves, but what this place is going to look like on opening night next year. Just they because of the a, buy-in with, with the program overall, they've earned that. They could have a midnight madness this year. Please do. <laughs> Please. Right? Like, they haven't done that since, what, John Gross had the court out yeah. there on Green Street, which was a fun idea. You had Quentin Snyder here, remember that? And that certainly turned things in that, that next couple of weeks. But they haven't been able to do that because there hasn't been that excitement. They haven't had that kind of sell. If you did a midnight madness, I mean, look at what the Orange Crush, the lines the last couple – it, it, it's here, and, and you could add even way more to it. Think of the fans you could bring in with the media attention you'll get from a Sweet 16 run or a Big Ten title tournament title run. Um, we're starting to see other media pop in here, right? Like Adam that. Rittenberg from ESPN has been in here. Chicago Sun-Times has been Jeff in here. Jeff Goodman last week. Yeah, Jeff Goodman was here. We've seen guys from the Athletic come in here. So they're starting to notice. They're starting to feel like, hey, that team's interesting. Illinois, they're back. It's been a while. You're starting to get that, and if, if all of a sudden you win a couple games in the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament, that's just going to multiply. And, and if you get to a Sweet 16, all those media will start to cover this team again. Can I have a swagger about you again as Illinois basketball? And, and Brad talked about that from the opening press conferences. Somewhere along the way, Illinois basketball lost it from what he remembered uh, Illinois being, and they're starting to get it back, and I think that a run would just put the cap on a season that says we're back, we're here to stay. And they do have staying power with the talent they've brought in and what they've established here. Yeah, and uh, we've been covering it all the way through. We have. <laughs> so, from the bottom. <laughs> now we're here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, right now is a great opportunity to sign up. we got a lot of content coming. Uh, I'm going to write about this rivalry. I think Derek's going to write about IO, other player grades. And for the next day, uh, you get an opportunity to sign up for an annual VIP pass for just uh, 50% off. It's over $50 of savings. So sign up now. Give us a try. I know you're going to love it. Derek's going to be all over this recruiting. Mac ETN was here. Pretty good game for him to see, right? Absolutely. You haven't seen the dude's highlights. He is a cross between Joe Kim Noah with a bit of like an Al Horford jumper. So he's got insane motor, good athlete around the rim. Good. I mean, yeah, he's got the hair, too, the Noah hair that you're going to like. Yeah. So uh, Derek will catch up with him. We'll break that down. we got football content coming up. I'm already getting my spring stuff ready. And uh, there could be some recruiting news on that front, too, because I know they're all over the transfer market right now. But uh, sign up, 50% off an annual VIP subscription. You're going to love it. It's the best time of year to sign up for this right now. Also, subscribe to us, rate us, review us on the podcast as well, wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's book Indy, huh? Yeah. It's been a while. We can, like... How long do you think we're going to be there, Derek? I'm packing three outfits. Well, unless we're getting there the, the day before. Then no, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we should pack three outfits, but usually we just haven't even had to worry about it. No. <laughs> Two pairs of underwear and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> we had to uh, pack some more this time around. All right, we'll talk to you next time in Indianapolis. Maybe we'll preview the Big Ten tournament as well. So long, State Farm Center. It was a heck of a season. We'll see you next time. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. 
Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel. Streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.